Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are, galloping off on a gray February yeah, day. Yeah, but it's unseasonably Warm. mellow for February. I have yeah. snowdrops blooming. Like That's something you should boast They about. are. I'm, I'm yeah. boastful I don't think I have because anything doing anything. I take all the credit. We're a little bit <laughs> up on a hill outside yeah. of town so the weather is a little more severe at my house and mine than are not all blooming that's Only why the ones, she's boasting yeah, i'm, I'm boastful yeah. mm-hmm. uh the ones that are blooming are quite small and they're right nestled up next to the house the ones afraid, out in the I'm hinterlands that all of the ones it, yeah. that i put under the sod mm-hmm. are gonna not do anything well i, I have a fear a that, bunch of things that i am still like I don't know. I don't trust yeah. it. No. They might not come up. We'll just find out. I mean, out. bulbs are magic anyways. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, how could you know if it's going to work or not? No. You know, and I, I, I don't. There are some, some tulips that are poking through in I my garden. Look, I wonder if I have But they must be the kind of early variety. A lot of times because, they come up really early. That little first. Yeah. Little yeah. burst. Yeah. And but, then... I planted a load, and I hope, but last year I planted a load, and they did nothing, and I don't know what went wrong there, so we'll see. We'll see if I yeah. come through with successes. No, I have to tell you this, because it just okay. made me laugh. Um, years ago, you know this, but I'm just giving context for the okay for the rest of us. Uh, years ago, when Ben was coaching lacrosse, there was another coach who... Um, kind of, I don't know. He was on. He was being interviewed on the radio about the lacrosse league and the season and how it was going. Mm-hmm. And in the course of it, he said that they came to the other Ooh. team, which <laughs> which we thought was so funny. And it's like it makes it makes sense. It makes except sense, not. Except it's yeah. not. But but you know. <laughs> When you hear, uh, when you hear yeah, that, come, you think it's a game. Yeah, and yeah. then it's so funny that you start using it ironically. Uh-huh. Like, oh, did you? And then, s- and then came to the yeah. old. And then cold? the problem, as Lena was just explaining to me, you begin by using something ironically. Yes. And then, because you've been using it ironically, it becomes normal for you, and so you begin using it unironically. And that, as she has said, is how it comes that you might say something was a bop. <laughs> well. <laughs> You put your finger on it because we have said facetiously, succame for a number of Too years. Long. And then Ben told me the other day, he was like, I said succame <laughs> on a podcast that he was interviewed for. And he didn't even bat an eye until later. He was like, I said it. I said succame. <laughs> Gonna be like, whoa! Yeah. The president of yeah. New St. Andrews College doesn't. <laughs> I know, and it's just correctly. like we've said it too long. It's kind of like, and I've probably said this on the podcast a lot of times without bothering to give any context. But there was a guy also years ago who came to our house, sort of door to door, to try to sell us windows, and we were actually in the very act of thinking we needed to replace some windows, so we listened to his spiel, and he. We didn't buy from him, but he, in the course of his little presentation, he kept saying the phrase, and such forth as that, which was hilarious. And he said it so many times. It'd be like, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is triple layers of UV and such, you know, protection Mm -hmm. and such forth as that, which was so funny that we also folded that right into our lingo. <clears throat> and again, you say it facetiously, and and uh, sort of an inside joke. Then it, but just, then becomes it just becomes a thing too much say. a part of the ambiance of your life that you're saying and such forth as that. And you always know that it's humorous, but you know it's, it's humorous. Loose humor. Other it's not, people yeah. might not know that they you're might not being know humorous without yeah. that. Well, and for you instance, might find that you succumb to yeah, the urge. And for instance, we have a big sign <laughs> at the end of our hall that says "funner." Yeah, right. And I am aware that funner is mm-hmm. is not the poshest well. linguistical choice. <laughs> and yet it's it's the one that means it to me. So we put funner up mm-hmm. there. It's sort mm-hmm. of a command. Be yeah. funner. Be be funner, funner than, than you that. are. Than you are. You're not <clears throat> being funner right yep. now. Yep. 
yeah anyway i just if you are somewhere out there and you hear ben just loosely say that something just know he can't help him, he can't help himself he just, oh i just he enjoyed that that's really like funny. it was a treat and i like that he didn't even register that he had said it no, until that's, afterwards that's difficult at which that point, would be really yeah, hard what do you me. do how that do you would, that knowledge would eat a hole no. in my pocket that i that i'd done that <laughs> I know, like, I know. Oh no. And I've yeah. probably done things worse than that and not noticed. Right, right. But I yeah. if you notice, then what are you gonna mm. do? And you There's notice too late to sort of backtrack and be like, a few minutes ago I said a word that was said... a funny word, but it <laughs> What have I done guys, wait, hold up the show. I have to I go back. That's that's yeah. excellent. It was good. It was a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. there's always a good, uh, that's one of the fun things about teenagers right now is all of their, they have a lot of stories of mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. this that are very funny. They're yeah. discoveries for themselves of the word that they had never heard said yeah. And, yeah. and read it out loud to everyone that, and everyone dies. Oh. I, I still remember some of those. One that really got me. Uh, in high school that I knew was not a word was echelon. Like I remember just being like, this is not cause it's what et- echelon or like when what? so many echelon, like that's it, a word. I know I'm saying when that was a word that when someone used it in high school, I was like, that is not a word. Oh, like funny. I remember, oh, I remember finding Mm. I remember meeting the word echelon for the first time and feeling like this is not, this yeah. isn't one. Yeah. This well, isn't. I And I saw, still believe explay probably ought to be a word. If you think about it too long, you you become convinced that explay is Like a, a window explay. Yeah. An explay <laughs> at the fair. Yeah. There's somebody got a blue <laughs> ribbon on their explay. Yeah. <laughs> I still believe an explay might be one. Might be. It's definitely an onomatopoeia because we know exactly what an explay is. Like that was a shocking explay. Uh, yes, exactly. Temper it's display and uh, exhibition. Exit something. But um, no, I saw on Instagram it really made me snort. It was somebody just saying the um, like what's a word that you uh-huh. said out loud the wrong way, mm. and it was a guy sitting in the car alone answering this question. He's like, man's laughter. (laughs) (laughs) It really tickled me because there's no good reason why it's not man's laughter. That's one of the things. He was like five to ten years for laughing. That reminds me of the... 15 to 20, whatever that, it was. That's a, that is a yeah, really good one. man's laughter is I, an awkward one. I was in one. third grade doing a reading group on Charlotte's Web when I found out that manure and manure were the <laughs> same word. <laughs> I knew what a manure pile was. Mm. When I was coming across it as manure, it seemed manifestly <laughs> to not be manure. Like, I was thinking yeah. something yeah. more like <clears throat> sewer. Yeah. The manure. What but was the, no. Also, this was somebody from the internet. I don't think we knew them. But they were saying that they thought that the crossing sign was zing. Um, like the X-I-N. It was just zing. It was like a deer <laughs> zing or whatever. <laughs> and they thought it was because you just zing across real fast, you know? I love the the people who thought, the older woman who thought LOL was lots of love. <laughs> so she texted the whole family like Aunt Patty passed away this morning lol <laughs> so bad <laughs> oh dark and dark times goodness oh man, man. all right yeah. well so we should get down to talking here about we something are. else here we are it's february we had our january chat about organizing our, our monthly podcast that we did yeah. in january once <laughs> Yep, and I'm still digging through various piles, trying to organize them, trying to label them. I do always, it's the quest that you yeah. can't not be on. Mm-mm. The quest Mm-mm. that won't stop. It's, yep. I really always am dreaming a dream that, because I think we, I maintain my life. We maintain pretty steady mm-hmm. where we are mm-hmm. always trying to get stuff mm-hmm. done. 
Why can you not do one big well, exertion to get yourself like, to the place where it's... Why are you keeping up but always falling off the back of the treadmill? It's a question. Why can't you keep up while being firmly in the middle of the treadmill? That's Well, the thing. okay, so this Canon sometimes throws out these. They just post old videos, so yeah. we just find out things we said a long time ago when people message you for further enlightenment or whatever you know you're like oh is that up what are we talking about but yeah but they put one up of mine about how faithfulness is just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like what it's accomplishing that you're that being faithful does not feel like what you imagine it should feel like okay you know like you're like the day okay if you imagined before I ever had kids and I knew I was not think I knew it was not accurate But I still couldn't not think of it. I felt like having a baby was just going to be a very calm, sweet time. Mm -hmm. And it's a really sweet time. But calm and kind of like headache free and in your lovely home where you're going to care tenderly for a baby that is not going to... It's just going to work well, well for yeah. you in your imaginary yeah. world. Right. And this is something I, re- I, I mean, I've said this a lot. I thought that I've thought of this in my own life a lot. And I have talked to my kids about this. It's just that like something that's in the future, you always imagine that it's not going to be yourself with your same problems right. in that future. So like, you know, if you're young and you're thinking, well, when I get a driver's license, yeah, yeah. then there will not be trouble for me or when I finally get married then and you're picturing your married life not yourself with your same testy moods and your (laughs) headache and your frustration and the 10 pounds you wanted to lose still with you (laughs) I think that it's because when you're projecting into the future it's not like you're telling yourself and then I will not have any problems it's just that you're imagining one particular part and you're not filling in all of the static in the background and it's interesting because when you look in the past it's quite easy to do the same thing Uh if you're looking back with a complaining spirit then you're looking back only at the static if you're looking back nostalgically you're looking back without any of without any of it like you can't remember why was that even hard it didn't seem hard at all and it's really only in the moment sweet when the kids were all little and (laughs) i know yeah, I it's never like right I never stood in the kitchen with my face flat on the kitchen counter <laughs> trying to catch a breath or trying to get a grip on my life. <laughs> but it is the case that like right now is the only moment you can get grace for the static and be grateful for the blessings all in the same time. Yeah, know? like you don't have and but but this is the thing that I was actually meaning is that whatever you're thinking you're going to be like next uh-huh. It is going to be, this is not the kind of thing that you can just flip a switch and be a different person when no. you get there. So like no. whatever the next thing is in your life, it's all about thinking about how are we going to, how am I going to become the person I need to be right to be doing this? Yep. And the funny thing is there's a, there's a lot to do when it comes down to that kind of thing. Indeed. What kind of, what kind of little temptations do I face now that it will be much better for us all if I just get the victory over it and, and grow up, you know? Yeah. Because today where you are right now, whatever you're in, like I'm guessing that six months ago or two years ago or 10 years ago, you were looking forward to this moment and you're actually in it right now. You're in that moment. Maybe it's this job that you Mm -hmm. wanted or it's this marriage that you were praying for or it's the children you were praying for or you know, like whatever the case, you imagined yourself when I'm 25, I'll be whatever. Well, you're 25 now. And so how are you doing? How How are are you doing doing that? And and this is kind of what I meant about faithfulness doesn't feel like what you imagine it would be so when you think about your own life so like I still clearly I know I know my life more now but I still when I think about okay what is it going to be like if I'm really nailing it I am always thinking of a life that I am not ever living like you're (laughs) always thinking like oh I'm going to be 
the whole house is going to be cleaned, yeah. organized, repainted where it needs it. I'm going to solve all the little problems yeah. everywhere. And somehow I'm going to get there magically, even though I've never yeah. been there yet. No. No. Not yet seen it. Never yet mm-hmm. gotten anywhere like it. I will have gotten the laurels all poised. <laughs> to sit in? To rest <laughs> upon them. I'm going to sit in them. and Yeah, yeah. but it's just, it is an interesting thing because whatever and this is especially true if you have some cross to bear like um being single when you would like to be married or being not having babies when you want to have a baby or not having is that you want to skip right past the temptations you're having today to think that the remedy for for those is actually a change of your circumstance Mm -hmm. and i this is one of the I told you all to go listen to the rare jewel of Christian contentment oh, yeah. because that man just reaches out from the whatever <laughs> 1590s to slap your toot in the face is what he does. But that one of the things he's talking about is that true contentment is not based on your current circumstances because if someone cheers up when their circumstances change they are actually no more content in the Lord than they right. like that. The contentment is not dependent on your circumstances. Yeah. And it's funny because so much of the time we're like, Oh, I say you're a single woman. You're like, well, I'm just really struggling because I don't feel like there's anyone to, you know, carry my burdens. There's Mm -hmm. no, you know, like you have all these problems and you, and you're hanging all of your problems sort of, on your situation instead of, instead of really pursuing contentment in the Lord and faith, the faithfulness of receiving from him where you are and what you need to be doing and, and pushing on, which actually that is the beautiful gift that will go with you. Yeah. Wherever. But if you're like my circumstance, the problem is my house is too small. My kids are too messy. My kids are too loud. My kids are too young. They're too... I don't have any kids. I don't have any kids. My husband... Too many kids. My husband doesn't like the pink paint I put in the living room. (laughs) My... He's the problem. (laughs) My... Whatever it is, you know, that you have this, like, situational disgruntlement. Oh, that's the one that we were just talking about, being gruntled. Oh, yeah. And that's another one that you might accidentally say sometimes. Like, just because you thought it was I'm very gruntled. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways... The point is, whatever it is you're facing, it's actually something that needs to be dealt with between you and the Lord, not your situation. Mm-hmm. Like, although and you have to face the situation, but get there second. But it's kind of like get down under the situation to deal with the yeah, primary things, first. and the primary things is you and the Lord is right. the real primary issue. And it's amazing how the heart wants to not make that be the primary right. issue. Right. You know, the heart wants to be the accuser pointing fingers at the situation, the people, the whatever, yeah. Yeah. whatever it is that's, that is keeping me from my joyous walk with the Lord. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All the rest of you people, you're the yeah. ones keeping me, <laughs> keeping me from being in, in the joy of the Lord. Right. Anyways, I don't know why we got onto that, except for I'm saying that it's probably the February Now's feelings. a good time. February, Now's the February is one of the times because it's what makes spring so good. It's like first get the dust bunnies out of your soul and then, right. then tackle the ones in your home, you know? do them at the same time. I find a lot of it. I find a lot of it relevant simultaneously. It's true. I said some time ago, I mean, I've whatever that it sometimes the color of the mop water just feels like a personal insult. Oh, so much like you're like trying to clean or like smudges on the walls or just me hand washing a sweater that I needed to hand wash. And I was like, stop it. Why is it that color? That is Horrific, you know. Like I didn't filth it out that bad. <laughs> Apparently, you did. Apparently, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh my word! Yeah, that is funny. Not good. Well, the it's like the the work of just me. It's one of the things I do love is that 
God didn't like we were made to work. Yeah. Like the fall caused the thistles. Right. And caused the grief and the pain and mm-hmm. you know caused a lot of things that mm-hmm. are hard for yeah. us clearly. But also interestingly enough without the fall we were still supposed to be working working yep. and doing things. Yep. And so it's like the fact that it's so hard to do is I mean in, if you think about it it kind of makes sense. The obstacles are all the result of sin in the world sort of the diff well I don't even know I'd say the difficulty certain kinds of difficulty certain parts is, of it fighting back against yeah. you now yeah the yeah exactly death and destruction is definitely yeah. how I describe the laundry yeah. sometimes yeah. so I don't know but it's not the work itself is a thing that is yeah. good for us and it's right. what we're made for and I love that that's saying that God prepared in advance the good works for Mm -hmm. us to walk in. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be so hyper pious that we think that the good works, that that literally means only things you're doing for the church, not right. You know, the church proper, not just the good works of doing the good work and taking the garbage out. And that's the interesting thing. Like God preparing the things in advance. It's so interesting how, when you are, you know, like if you've gone through a trial and then God has really brought you out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Then if you sort of try to zoom back out, it's really interesting that the thing God used to bring you out of it, he was preparing the whole time you were in the middle of the trial. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like all of the blessing is all there being, yeah, you know, like put in place so that it can come at the right time. It's, I don't know. I feel like that's yeah, a really... that is. Luke just said this the other day, and I was like, "This is actually so true." He's like, "It's so sometimes it's so easy to see how good a trial is for other people. Yeah, like you can yeah. really see the like the growth, the growth, the the, yeah. the the them digging deeper in the Lord. The like mm-hmm. you just see like oh, and it's like, but it's funny how we're not always so quick to see mm-hmm. it." that way in our own like that see it in our own selves i would say hopefully you're quick to see it you're quick to accept it and receive it from the lord but not as quick to like intuitively understand the good that god is doing to you where well i think one um sort of challenging thing to do but is really important is to thank god for the trial Mm-hmm. Not just thank God for other things while you're in the middle of a trial, but like thank God for it. Yeah, for this specific because you know it's intentional. It's yeah. you know it's for something. You know that it's for your good and His glory. Can you thank Him in it? And that's that's because you know in hindsight it can be easier to look back and thank God for trials that yeah. you're not currently feeling. Um. But yeah, in the moment, can you? In the thank moment, him? it's hard. Yeah, thank him for it, but also not not making. This is just something that is, I think, can be helpful. It's, I think in our, you can want to. Mm, I don't know if I'm this is getting into too big of a topic. What I'm trying to say is, because we've seen God act where there's a trial, someone goes through a trial or a difficulty or a special circumstance of some kind, and they think that this is what that the purpose of this and and they're not wrong some of the time but that the purpose of this is a public ministry or a whatever and you know that I don't even know the reference but that passage about the comfort uh with which we we ourselves are comforted we okay. comfort others yeah. like that God gives us comfort in yeah. trials and it's sure. that and because we learn his comfort in our own trials right we have something to comfort others with. So I'm saying that is, that is correct to think this is not just for me, but that they're actually, especially because in this era of social media, I think it is especially important to, to just focus on that. This is for you. For you. <laughs> yes. And because yeah. that is really, and I clearly this is more on my mind because of Ezra, because this is a yeah. real common, this is a very common 
path that yep. people take when they're like, oh, as I have said to some people, I'm like, you know, it is, it is true that people hate disabled people or yeah. that people yeah. despise someone with Down syndrome. I'm like, but it just doesn't matter to me because the world also hates men. It hates women. Yeah. It hates children. Hates it Christians. hates Christians. It hates everything. It's not like I don't need to go be an advocate to try to make people love and accept sure. Ezra in, in that. And I'm not saying, I, you know what, this is a many faceted thing. I'm not trying right. to say there's no time that there could sure. be anything that's a public ministry, but you just don't want to skip past the fact that this is actually happened in my life for me and that we right. don't need to live our trials or things publicly as though it was sometimes I think people are too quick to try to leverage the moment into something else like I'm going to try and turn it into well but I think and I think the reason that that bothers me specifically like in Ezra's situation or in, in our situation with him is that what bothers me about that is it's not accepting the gift that he is just to us in a way is trying to say, I have to find value in this. And I'm like, we don't actually need to find any value in his life. It's all right here. Overwhelming us with the value and the joy of having him so that I don't want to start being like to make this worth it. Okay. So this is, um, (laughs) actually, actually, this is a whole other thing, but yesterday Ben's sermon was about Jephthah, which that is shocking. There's a whole thing there that I need to tell you about because it's okay. just amazing. But he was saying at the end that you know how people can confuse God is love with love is God. Yeah. And those two things can easily get swapped in your mind. But he was pointing out that you can do the same thing with believing that God has good things in store for you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, this good thing that I've thought of is God's plan. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is somebody's like, okay, here's a trial. I'm gonna try to flip it really quick into. I have this big plan about how God could use this in a lot right. of other places. Basically, like I will quick scramble for the overarching purpose right. of this. Right. Yeah. Where like just because you thought of a good plan doesn't yeah. necessarily mean now that is God's plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, because there's sure a lot of it. But the Jephthah thing, though, Rachel, this is quite shocking. So. There's a whole big thing. Like, you, everyone should listen to the sermon. It was quite good. But um, he was, like, went through all the reasons why it's... He just doesn't think that Jephthah would have killed her. And there's no... Like, there's reasons in the text to believe that that is not what was going on there. And he was saying he thinks it's pretty obvious Jephthah was always planning for this to be a person. Because... Everyone acts like he thought it was going to be a cow or a goat that was but going to come out. you weren't allowed to do that with, if it had been, well, I guess they probably wouldn't have had a, never mind, go ahead. Yeah, but it's sort of like, he doesn't think that. It's because Jephthah says, whoever comes out to meet me when I come home from battle, yeah. and he will, and, and it says a burnt offering, but there's, it doesn't actually, the Hebrew's not burnt, it's an ascension offering, yeah. which most of the time, that's how you, it was burnt and it ascended to heaven. But there's other places where that word sure. is used slightly. Anyway, he was saying he thought it was always going to be a person, but then the fact that it was his daughter was clearly a stunner, right? But also, if she was going to be executed, why is it her virginity that she's the most upset about? Right. Like that's the, you have bigger problems than well, she you needs know. to go mourn her virginity. Yes, and then it but says, also it's a big deal to Jephthah because. It's his only child, so it but was... But here's the thing. This gets so crazy. But at the end, when it says he fulfilled his vow, she knew no man. It's like, it's clearly the virginity is, like, the yeah. thing. Well, he is um, the son of a harlot. It starts at the very beginning. He's the son of a harlot, and yeah. his brothers drive him out and say, you can have no inheritance. But he's a mighty man, and he goes off and he's raiding. And they go get him because they're like, "Help! We we actually need you." Because the Ammonites are coming, and so we need you. And he leverages that the situation and says, "You will make me your head, and bring me back to my home." And so clearly, they bring him back to Mizpah, 
and that's where the house is. So he is clearly, then he makes the deal with God. If you give me victory, he makes the, the deal with the Gileadites. If yeah. I do this, you're going to make me the head. Then he makes a deal with God. If you give me victory, I will, whatever comes out of my house. So this is like his fresh, he's been made the head. He's yeah. in Mizpah, whatever. Well, he has only one daughter. Which means that he's trying to, he's clearly trying to, like, establish a dynasty, but you've only yeah. got a daughter. Yeah. But, remember those girls who, uh, there's five sisters, their father has no son, and they take it to Moses, like, can we have an inheritance in Israel? Yeah. And it, so basically, it goes to the Supreme Court twice, and they come up three times, because they go to Moses, they go to Joshua also, Okay. And then there's their uncles come back and say, but if they marry outside the tribe and then the whatever, they were the daughters of Gilead. So basically this, this is those, it, it like, it is that tribe that, that was a clear thing that like, if you have a wow. daughter, you can still build a house. I, like, you can still put, I do never this. knew that part. Yes. That's and, cool. And, uh, Jephthah is the son of Gilead. But it would be a much later Gilead because he talks about yeah. the three hundred years. But still, this is a this, this is, a, is big a tribe where case. daughters can be. They of yeah. all people knew that you could you could go through the daughter. But in order for it to work, she has to marry within and have children. And guess who gets it? If like if you go and read the court case, basically, yeah, they say yes, okay, if she marries within the tribe. But if she doesn't. It goes back to her father's brothers, which are the ones who drove the him out at the beginning. Ones. So basically, so basically like, the reversal is a very big it's political a big one, But it's also like the, the men who drove him out at the beginning. And then it was like he had the inheritance. He was the chief. He was going to like he cement was like right on the like, brink of everything. And then it and then so it makes so much sense of when she comes out. He's like, you've brought me low. Because it's like he was like I was coming back the one person, and so when she gets devoted to the service of the Lord, like in the tabernacle, like sort of Samuel was, then she's going to not. That's one of the things that's interesting is that we know that there were virgins in service, and they're not. It's not really mentioned except for that, um, the boys that are messing around with them. The Oh, um, we don't know. We know that they did serve yeah, there's at a the few gates places. and they did yeah, that there's they were a few virgins. places where they're referred to. But so, we don't know. There, But yeah. the, there's a lot of reasons to think there's no way Jephthah actually no. sacrificed no. her. And one of those is it was massively prohibited. Human sacrifice oh, was yeah. a big no. Yeah. But had you been doing a human sacrifice, it would have been like there all of the rules around that anyways were a son the one who opened yeah. the womb had yeah. to be appear so like no way would it, like there's just no mm-hmm. possible way but it's just why the fact that she remains a virgin is a six, is so the blow. Big, so big it's deal. like it like he was trying to I knew it I I had in my mind always I knew it was the dynasty issue but not uh but I don't think I had realized I certainly hadn't picked up on that right? level of intrigue no but isn't that just yeah, crazy cool. and it makes sense of why it's a tragedy because then you're like okay if he didn't kill her he just d- devoted her to the tabernacle somebody, why is it somebody why is in the bible reading challenge blew my hair right on back when okay. they said basically they were ready to leave the faith over jephthah being mentioned in the hall of faith oh. in hebrews it was like okay what kind of yeah, a, yeah. basically He's... what kind of a god would let this man be mentioned as having faith. Mm, yeah. I was like, sometimes things happen in the Bible reading <laughs> challenge that, that give you like a real reductio on your own, on things that every tendencies. human probably has yeah. some little yeah. something like that. But man, yeah. somebody will go to the moon with it like that. Yeah. You'll be like, whoa. But it's really, it's just really interesting. If you suddenly see that piece, it's like, that's cool. It actually reminds me of Hamlet where uh-huh. like when you read Hamlet, it's like, and they died and that's sad. But then when you start paying attention to some of the details, it's like a way bigger tragedy because it's like yeah. Hamlet's life ends up being like basically negating everything that his father had accomplished. <laughs> it's like the whole thing just becomes Hamlet, so deep. It's like a real heavy, I mean, that is a heavy, difficult 
when you yeah. watch the whole thing at the end, you're just like, wow, yeah, I gotta but get it's out just of here. like there's so many details in the text that once you start noticing, you're like, oh my land, that is a much bigger thing than mm-hmm. just simply he died. And I felt that way about Jephthah with this, where it was like, oh, I get it. It was like it was so close. He almost, and then he didn't, and then he didn't. I'm going to enjoy thinking about that. Yeah. And the parallels with David are really interesting, too, because it's like uh, rejected by his brothers, goes off, like kind of lives in exile with a band of worthless men. It says gather around him. He's a mighty man. When he comes back from victory the girls come singing and dancing you know yeah. like there's just a lot of and also he um, has a when they come singing and dancing he offers an extraordinary sacrifice like in that moment which david also was that basically all of his right honor but it's sort of like ben yeah. was just pointing out jeff awesome. is like he's not david it's like he's trying to like establish a, a house or a dynasty and it was like it was close but it just didn't mm-hmm. and but the other interesting tidbit was that... But he did um, make it into the Hall of Fame. You know fate. how the... Yeah, he did. You know, well, and and that's he the thing. He established a different the dynasty. That this happened, and he did it anyway. Yeah. Is really quite really impressive. Yeah. And also, the other thing that was Ben pointed out is you, he couldn't have redeemed her for money because... Um, it, there's a whole section in the law that says if you've devoted something, then you can get it, it back, back with, yeah. with mm-hmm. money. It says unless it's consecrated. And, and then you can't what, get yeah. it back. So it's sort of like he he did it, even though it meant yeah. not the, you know. But I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. Oh, but the other thing. Having himself be called out in Hebrews as yeah. a hall of faith is right. like, that is an inheritance. That is yeah. a, like here yeah. we. That's, right. But then um, the other interesting one was uh, the law that no bastard or eunuch or Ammonite or Moabite could enter the uh, assembly for 10 generations. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out that um, the he was whole, a bastard. Well, he was, but the um, whole incident with Tamar and yeah. Judah, technically Perez, the son, was an illegitimate son. I mean, like, even though it was like the Leverett marriage should have happened, yeah. but Judah didn't, he would the Leverett, the Leverett marriage never happened back to your father-in-law. Right. But like it was, the line was preserved, but technically Perez was an illegitimate son Uh because Judah didn't marry her. And it says he never slept with her again. So if he did, I like whatever the case it, that one was not a legitimate pregnancy, Mm -hmm. but um, if if you look at the end of Ruth, where it gives the um, genealogy to David, it starts with Perez. Ten generations is David. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's cool. I love these things. These I know. are these are I the know. things. That, the thing about reading your Bible is that you actually never do get to the end of it. No, you never no. do. You're never, ever, never. Yeah, but then find you're out. like, but wait, Ruth was a Moabite, so how does that work? But then when you look at the law, it does say he, like, like his descendants will not enter. So you feel like Ruth, Ruth was absorbed in there, but but the illegitimate super Perez. Cool. It was 10 generations to David. I know. Isn't that nuts? Mm-hmm. But whatever the case, I was very pleased with that interesting take on Jephthah. Was like, I am too wow, because wow, Jephthah is wow. actually uh, one that is, is um, I feel like I've spent a lot of time thinking about Jephthah because of how much it triggers people to mind it and yeah. you end up yeah. needing to talk through it a lot. Yeah. Jephthah is one that I'm like, yes, okay, yeah. no, we yeah. don't think he was killing his daughter. Right. Uh, well, because that would have been so grotesque and so counter everything, you know, that Israel is allowed to do that mm-hmm. you just don't feel like that can't be the case. But then you're like, but it says he did perform his vows. So then you're like, well... <laughs> What's that mean then? So anyway, I thought it was... And the other thing that he was pointing out, I think a bunch of this was from James Jordan's judge's commentary, which was very interesting and helpful. But he said the, um, you know how when you have a woman at a well, yeah, you've just got, there's a marriage, there's a, you know, that's coming. Literally, a woman at a doorway 
is pregnancy. Like, oh yeah, that's times. Cool. And so Sarah is standing in the doorway when she laughs, and then you've got um, when Hannah is praying in the mm-hmm. temple or the tabernacle, and it says Eli standing in the doorway. He was in the doorway, yeah. And then um, okay, and then the rebirth of Israel at the Exodus. It's literally on the doorway. Is like, the door ever mentioned with Mary? That's what I need to go and look because he was saying, like, basically the Exodus. Well, there's the a lot. Well, on the it door. doesn't. It doesn't really matter that there. If there are pregnancies where it doesn't mention right. it, there are betrothals that yeah. don't have anything to do with anyway, the well either. So that's then cool. Jephthah's daughter coming through the door is like a, you know, like there's, there's just some lot. interesting cool. stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Super fun. Anyway, that's sort of a tangent. I don't know. Yeah, we are. We're that. all tangents today. But, tangents alone. Oh, just the thing of like not like you have this great plan. You've got it all organized in your mind about how this would be a wonderful, good thing that God will do. Right, because sometimes God Dad preached about this a couple Sundays ago. And it was just about how we learn things. And we're learning things in our trials. But how, learn what God has for you in your trial. Not the things that you want to be like, where you want to constantly be crying uncle like okay I got I did it I learned it moving on now Lord let's wrap it up and it's like that contentment to learn everything God has for you in this is very different than trying to be like okay that was a little Uh challenge and I got what I wanted out of it (laughs) instead of thinking I'm gonna get what God wants right out of this yeah which are not the same thing no and I do want to come back around to this this is really random, but I know we have a lot of single listeners. We have a lot of women who would like to be married, mm-hmm. like to um, either maybe you're not old enough yet to be married or there's just not been a godly man that's come right. around. And this is something that you're really yearning for. And it is a trial to, yeah. to be yeah. single. But I just want to say that this is very, very relevant and it's not an easy, quick tip. And that's why it does not appeal. Like when, but that is find, like, ask the Lord to show you what you need to learn. Like, what is the, what is the thing? And this is not like, like, I'm certainly not trying to say, let me give you a promise that you will get married. No. Because clearly I'm not in a position to do that. Or make it sound like you're being punished because you haven't done it right yet. Yeah, totally not. I don't think that either. But I have seen over and over, like just in a by the wayside kind of a way, over and over seen single women who have some block in their life that they don't want to deal with. And they don't want to address. And they almost just want to pretend it's not a thing at all. Yeah. Because they want to get married so much. And they are hoping and thinking that that will handle that'll this. Fix that'll it. fix that'll it. That'll fix it for them. And so they they focus all of their energy on the thing that they cannot control. Instead of really rolling up their sleeves to, to do battle with what is yeah. right there in yeah. their life. And what they do need to do. And over and over and over, I have seen God's faithfulness to girls going through this, which is, which is like when they roll up their sleeves and take hold of the problem and are mm-hmm. like, this mm-hmm. is mine to deal with. This is my, yeah. and it, they're like very different hurdles yes. in all, yes. I've like, I mean, very different, uh-huh. like maybe confessing old sin that you needed to yep. deal with, getting things right with your parents getting getting a grip on the eating disorder that you have developed yep. for yourself like getting yep. accountability on that uh, accepting that you need to live by yourself now yep. and not clinging to other people like just there's I'm like a lot of them learning to like realizing that you are depending on feedback from men all the time that you're a flirt and trying yeah. to get attention from men yeah. all the time like the, it's like a wide variety of what yep. the problem could actually be. Yep. That over and over, we've just, I have seen God's faithfulness to women who finally look at it. Yep. Finally just are like, I'm not going to just keep brushing past this, hoping to get to marriage yeah. where I will no longer have this problem. Yep. But instead, I'm going to, with God's help, fight this fight right yep. here and I'm going to do it. Yep. And over and over and over, I feel like that 
has that like oh yeah it's a plot point i'm not trying to say i'm not trying to promise you it leads to marriage but it is so often (laughs) a plot point yep on like like you were talking about the doorway it's like the storyline of some woman is like all right now i'm gonna wrestle this down and then it's like oh look where did that guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It actually is really funny. It's the same principle as the, for me, the metaphor was always the finally cleaning out the closet that you were like, but I want to move and there's no point in yeah. spending the time and uh-huh. energy on this closet because I'd have to like go buy new things and, yeah. and organize I'd be it. investing myself in something I don't yeah, want anyways. Because I want to move. And so I, why bother? And then when I finally was like, no, suck it up. Go clean the dang closet. And then I think it happened twice in like in the course of a year. Because there was only one house where we lived for one year. So it was like, I think I had cleaned the closet. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to that place. And then I cleaned the closet and we bought a house. (laughs) But it was just like both times it was so funny. Because it was the thing that I'd been kind of putting off. And like, but see if we move, then I would get it it would make more sense for me to do this later when we right yeah and and it would be way more efficient to do it then and when i finally was like no i will go to walmart and i will buy the supplies that i needed to make this i'll just own this space i don't like the closet i don't want to have this closet but i'm going to but it's my closet to deal with it and i'm gonna by golly make it work and then like lo and behold it was like ah it was almost as Fancy if we that. were waiting for me to clean the closet in order for me to find another place to live. You know, like it was yeah. just, and I feel like it is, that's what you're describing. Is, that's exactly what I'm describing. It's the spiritual closet that you and, must address. And it, and sometimes it just feels like, I mean, I would say a lot of the time, it's not that it has to be a big earth shattering moment. It's, it, it, but it is a objective step of maturity yeah. Yeah. that is like, okay. Yeah. Like, you are know? you a complainer? Like, is that a thing? That's the one. That's the thing. If you are a complainer, then mm, once more shall I recommend (laughs) Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. Or are you a busybody? Or are you too lazy with your time? Are you, like, what is it that's... Are you refusing to care for what God has given you because you want more? you own the closet. Let's say you clean it out, you get it done, you get it organized, and you don't magically have another house show up. Well, at least you have a clean closet. You know, and that's the thing I think in, in the metaphor, it's like, okay, so maybe the man of your dreams didn't just come out of nowhere, but at least you've dealt with your complaining spirit. Well, at least if, when a man comes along, you won't be carrying that baggage with you. Maybe like, maybe, uh, you know, he didn't show up right away, but at least you've made restitution or gotten things right with your parents or confessed to something or done, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of work yeah. to do. Call but, your teacher back from sixth grade. <laughs> tell exactly. her tell her what you did on that test. And also I would just say if there's something in your life that you have been keeping a secret, like that is the secret weight or the secret guilt, get help. Get like mm. like do don't just think that longer percolating in silence is going to evaporate it. Like if you need guidance on it, go get pastoral help yeah like don't, you like that's kind of what i mean by like if like you things, haven't handled this by yourself yeah. some of the things could be handled because you finally decide you will handle them and other things if you've tried and tried and tried and yeah. you just don't know how and you don't know what and you're all tangled up yeah Talk get to help somebody else yeah but, all right Becca, do you have any hot tips before oh, we go i did but what was it oh dear hmm I did. I had I had one, and it was all there. I just bought... I've known of these for a long time, but I roll up um, our sheets in the linen closet. Do you? Okay. Yeah, it's the best. Really? Yeah. Okay. When you're folding your sheets, fold the flat sheet first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you get it in a long column, a yeah. long, narrow column, mm-hmm. sometimes I usually fold it in half once, but a, like a... Sure. Whatever it is lay it on your bed and then fold the fitted sheet to a narrow thing and lay it on top of it and then put the pillowcases and then roll the whole thing up into a and it into one tube tube that has the full thing 
I've done that for a while, but I started to have some trouble with the fact that I kept buying. I just, we just have lost the plot on a few sheet sets that are, because we've changed bed sizes and now mm, there's a lot yeah. of, and I have a couple guest beds, so okay. mm-hmm. you can just lose track of which, yeah, what's what. which one went yeah. with what. Yeah. And I bought these, Amazon has them, just elastic bands that you can snap around the whole thing that says like queen or twin. Oh, nice. Yeah. Or king. King, queen, twin. Smart. Yeah, and you can do that. And I use those bedding bags, which I love. That I also buy on Amazon, the clear plastic bedding bags. To pack in, like, like we don't really need. I have a twin hide-a-bed in the basement that I don't often need the bedding for that. So if you can just put all the bedding, you're like, here's the twin. Yeah. Mattress pad, the comforter, the sheets are all in one place. That really works well Smart. but the elastics is a nice way to tidy up my my problems yeah. that I'm having yeah. right now mostly no, probably good. because if I have Moses or someone goes to try to get themselves a new set of sheets there's a lot of mystery that can occur mm. you know yeah so anyways well I don't really have a linen closet so I, I basically have a what I do is wash the sheets and put them back on the bed. Oh, well, that's the way. I mean, I suppose. But you do end up with things in the in-between that are not being used sometimes. Yeah. I'm a big advocate yeah. of at least have two sets for your own bed so that when you take the sheets off, you put new sheets on right then. Mm, see, I just take them off, wash them, put them right back on, all in the same. Because I, I always, like, start my laundry day with the sheets first. So that they are done and out and you're still moving things through and you make the bed again. I just, I really prefer to, in the same moment that I'm like, I'm going to get all this done Mm -hmm. to put new sheets on the bed. I can see it. I I think I spent some of my early years, it was a long time before I thought, why not have a second set of sheets? Right, because you forgot to put them in the dryer? Yeah. That's the worst. It's the worst. And especially when you're like, I am so dead tired. And then you go straggling to your room and you're like, you're kidding me. Anyways, all right, right, everyone. Until next time, keep at it. Bye-bye.